big spin serve. And he elects to go float. He keeps it in. Sora in the middle for Layla wins it. Dino's victorious to start off the 2019-2020 season. Another episode of Dino's Unfiltered coming at you right now. Jeremy Lee, Max Sterley in studio. What we're, up? We're, uh, we're both... Yeah, we're both really sick, right? We're really sick? Sick. Uh, it's different. Be, this preamble is going to be a struggle. <laughs> I just wanted to start off with talking about fantasy football. Do we I have hate to? it. I hate it so much. <laughs> I hate fantasy football so much. Yep. I feel that. I, um, you go first. Sure. Yeah. So two leagues. Um, the first one, which is the big one in terms of buy-in um lost i had my lowest point total of the season 74.9 um who was bad carry on johnson got knocked out he might be gone for a significant amount of time uh derrick henry and tyreek hill were okay but the rest of my team were just not good at playing football and then on the other side, uh, and of course this week was truncated by the fact that I played Aaron Rodgers. He had six touchdowns, that was, so that was great. 43 points against. And on the other side, I did get the W because I had Rodgers. I played the worst team in the league, and I was able to beat them by 15 points. So a bit of a silver lining, but yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm two and six in both of my leagues, so I'm kind of over this at oh this point. Man. Yeah, what about you, Jeremy? I have this innate gift of starting players who get injured in, like, the first quarter and get me, like, zero points before they go out. It seems it, it seems like everyone else in our in my league, if, if their guys get injured, it's, like, in the fourth quarter, and they've got them, like, 15 points already. already. Yeah, exactly. But for me, two weeks ago, it was Will Disley, zero catches, torn, torn Achilles. Naturally. Thanks, thanks buddy. Well, <laughs> and I mean, then sorry, Will. That sucks about the injury. <laughs> and then Will, and then Will Fuller. Of course. Oh, Will one catch, Fuller. and then he was a hamstring injury, and then he was gone. So Will, maybe Will Fuller is a band aid. Like if, if we just want to put that out there, I remember last year specifically, he had like he had a monster game. He had a, he had like a ninety yard touchdown or something. Next play, he tore his Achilles, done for or tore his ACL, done for the year. Yeah, and that happens. Every single year, midway through the season, he's gone. And then I also started David Johnson, who had like one, <laughs> one carry. Oh. oh, my god! So that hurts. And yeah. you're sick. And you're sick too. Oh, and on top of that, not a great weekend for Dino Sports as the, we transition to that. Yeah, that's absolutely fair to say. There were a couple things, a couple positives. Should we notes. start with the positives? Yeah, we'll, we'll start with the positives. Okay, okay. Um, we'll start with women's hockey. Okay. They were able to rebound after a tough game Friday, and they won two to one uh, against Manitoba, and a couple of firsts. Dana Wood and Annalise Meyer both got their first career goals as a Dino, which was nice yeah. to see. Meyer got the game winner, and yeah, they they came back with a much better game on the weekend, and they're up to four wins in the season now. So, good start for the for the ladies. Is it a different vibe on that team? compared to last season? It certainly feels like it. Um, I think there's just a little bit more confidence in one another and confidence in the fact that players definitely improved over the offseason. And getting Elizabeth Lang back, too, 
she just drives the bus offensively. And I think a lot of people are feeding off that. And of course, Kelsey is up to her, her usual tricks. And yeah, and getting a win to start the season as well certainly helps getting that monkey off their back. And yeah, I, I would definitely say there's a different feel there for sure. Uh, men's volleyball got their first win. Had a weekend split against Saskatchewan. They were pretty clutch in that they were down two sets to one and they still dug deep and found a way to come up with a victory, which is huge for early on in the season. Any any standouts in, in that win specifically? Um, Tom Sora played really well, um, the setter for the team, and he runs the a really fast offense and was really poised in the in that victory. So um, I was impressed by him. So, yeah. Good. Good way to start the season. Yeah. And last positive note as well, men's soccer. Oh, yes. They did pick up a one bagel dub over Mount Royal uh, to wrap Crotel up classic. Yeah. Crotel classic to wrap up the regular season. So another clean sheet for Ruszczowski, which is awesome. He continues a strong play and exactly what the dinos need heading into the playoffs. So they will, I heard that they're playing in Trinity already. Is yeah. That, is that confirmed? That's um, what Lance told me. Then, yep, Lance is always right. Lance so. is my Lance. insider info. There you go. So it looks like Trinity is a huge matchup for them, but pretty pretty solid bounce-back season for them, and I think we can anticipate a pretty good game. Well, and if you remember when we did our podcast with Cristiano, uh, he was saying that the pitch at Trinity was his least favorite one to play on. So if you're listening, buddy, I wish you nothing but the best. But and I hope it doesn't rain out there on you. Yeah, fingers crossed. Oh yeah. Um, shall we get to some of the not so bright moments in Dino's sports this yeah, weekend? Yeah, I, I guess we'll we'll keep it quick. Start with football. Oh, yeah. Forty-three twenty-nine loss against Manitoba. They they faced a twenty-four point deficit at one point heading into the half specifically. So they were able to claw back a little bit, but. Yeah, not the best start for them, and a, a tough start in the game was too much to claw back from. 12 penalties for 146 yards. It's tough to come back from. Yeah. but And it's also frustrating, too, when you have so much yardage output, 532 to 285. That was the, the difference. It's really double. Yeah. It is double, essentially. And, yeah, and you still lose. Yeah. That, that's frustrating. But Jalen Philpott, another... Bright spot, if you had to talk about uh, individual performances. 11 receptions, 172 yards, and a touchdown. Big day for Dino's fantasy football. Oh, he's he's a lock. Yeah. He's a lock. Wide for, receiver He's one. a lock for 20, 20 points every every week for you. Um, so up next is... UBC. UBC, yeah. They host them. Uh, and, and, and the regular season, and then we shift our, our eyes to the playoffs, which is always an exciting time for the Dinos there, but certainly looking to rebound against the West Coasters. Quickly touch on field hockey. Um, Dinos fall 2-1 to one to the first place Victoria Vikes to end their 2019 season, but their 0-5-3 record, their three ties this year, gives the Dinos their most points they've had since 2011-2012. There you go. So, Even though they didn't win, it's still, and Jenna talked about it in our chat with her earlier on, that just another step in the right direction it's not probably not the results you want to see in the grand scheme of things but it's it's an improvement on last year women's rugby 
they lose the Canada West final, <laughs> getting blitzed by 21 an- unanswered points. That hurts. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, three-time Canada West champs unable to make it four straight. So not much else you can say, really. No, lose, losing sucks, especially in that scenario. But the Dinos still get to go to Nationals in Ottawa. Um, however, they do have a lower seed because of their loss in the Canada West final. That's correct. And then I guess the last thing, um, women's soccer, we want to touch on. Yeah, their 26-match unbeaten streak in Canada West play was snapped. Comes to an end. One of the the best all-time runs, certainly I've seen at the university level since following it back in 2012. But they they lost to the Vikes 2-1 in their last regular season game. So heading into the playoffs on a bit of a sour note, but still regardless that they can look back on and say, holy crap, we won, we were unbeaten in 26 games. That's incredible. It's crazy, though. Even with that streak, they still finish as the number two seed. Yep. Which <laughs> just, just seems unfair, but it's neither here nor there. So up next for them is a bye to the quarterfinals. They will watch the play-in game between Manitoba and UNBC, and the winner of that match will face the Dinos on Sunday, October 27th at Dinosaur Field. You want to go to that game? Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll be there. Maybe we'll do a little... Because we, uh, we just talked about it. Fantasy football sucks, so... Yep. Yeah, it needs someone else to do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll be there. And then, um, Sounds good. Yeah, I think... We'll be there. Uh, I think that's it for Dino's recap. Um, just want to talk about the cross-country Canada West Championships held at Canmore Park coming up. Um yeah, this coming weekend, I believe it is. So we will get more into that with our two special guests, Megan Manor and Matthew Travellini from Dino's Cross Country. Absolutely. And I got to say, before we shift over to that, that was an interesting chat. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know how much insight that we were going to receive in terms of just the sport and how they, you know, manage their their physical regime how they manage the mental regime everything but i learned a lot in this oh, episode yeah. like there's and we we talk about it a little bit how both of us are pretty uneducated and not great runners by any stretch but certainly learned a lot in this chat with the with the two guys yes thank you to megan and matthew yeah, for being so great. gracious yeah. with us and our lack of education in the running world so um we hope you get some value from this interview as well and uh yeah, coming to, coming at you right away. Thanks, Max. Yeah, thank you, Jeremy. All right, Jeremy Lee in studio alongside Max Sterley. Dinos Unfiltered underway, and we have a cross-country running segment for you guys this week. And thankfully enough, joining us, Matthew Travellini, Megan Manor here to uh, shed some light on how powerful this running program is here at uh, University of Calgary. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Doing well. Matthew, you're saying that you were a little tired from running. Uh, <laughs> 23K for you today. Megan, how many did you do today? Uh, I only did eight. <laughs> oh. Still eight more than we did <laughs> yeah, combined. So. <laughs> so not judging at all. <laughs> First off, before we get started, the burning question that I had for both of you and it's really simple because we're both non-runners. Why are you guys so good at running? And I know it takes more than just 
what people, what the average person thinks of running. But I mean, there's like the mental aspect of it. There's breathing, I'm sure. Uh, there's probably the technical side of it that no one's aware of. Uh, why are you guys so good? <laughs> you want to take this? Um, I don't know. I guess uh, when I first started, it was mostly as like a hobby because my main sport was soccer. Um, but I was always like a midfielder, so I always had that cardio aspect. And I was always used to running more than everyone else. Um, Are you used to playing the full game too, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, I was pretty much running back and forth on the field the whole time. But um, in high school, I stopped playing that. So I just went to running full time. And I think the biggest thing is just consistent training helps mm. with like being able to do the endurance and lasting out there. Uh, like, yeah, breathing too. Um, I have asthma, so I mean, that's always a struggle for me, but um, as long as I stay on top of things and make sure it's good. Then so even throughout soccer and stuff, you had asthma, hey? Um, yeah, I was diagnosed with it, like, I don't know, early, I don't know, like preteens. I've had it for quite a while. Hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I've just been on an inhaler ever since. <laughs> How about for you, Matthew? I think people maybe don't realize about running is it's just a sport like everything else. You you go to the gym and you shoot a thousand basketballs, you're gonna be good at basketball. If you run a thousand miles, you're gonna be a lot better at running than if you don't. And sure. I think there's a lot of people on the team who could say within the last year they've run thousands of kilometers and I think yeah, you just you practice what you're passionate about. Everyone on this team is passionate about running. Everyone practices it probably harder than the average person going out to maybe complete a marathon, but that's because it's bigger than it's bigger than individual goals and it's bigger than just finishing. You want to finish well, you want to finish fast. And I mean as as a simple as answer as that is, Running's a simple sport. You get out of it what you put in. Your background mm -hmm. is soccer as well, though, right? Yep, uh, yep. But uh, I don't know what, why you stopped playing in high school, but <laughs> I stopped playing because I didn't make the team. Oh. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I stopped playing because I didn't want to try out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when you made that transition from soccer to running full-time, was there any, any gaps in your transition, or was it a pretty seamless thing to go from soccer to, to running full-time? Um, so, like, there was a little bit of a gap. I stopped soccer, like, in the spring, right before high school, and I was going to try out for the high school team. Um, ended up not for some unknown reason, and then I did cross country, and so I did it with the school, and then I didn't actually join a club until December. So it was, there was a little bit of a gap there. Uh, it took a while for me to actually figure out how to be a professional runner. <laughs> Just a quick question for you guys. Do you like to talk when you run? Not in a workout, but... Okay. Yeah, like, if you're... I don't know how people do that. Well, most, <laughs> most of the time we are talking. I'd say, like, 80% of the running that we do, you're having a conversation because as, as much as you like the person that you're running with, 90 minutes is a pretty long time to just be silent and listening to your own thoughts. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, like, in a workout... When you're like pretty close to redlining, your heart rate's like 190 beats per minute. You're maybe not being like, wow, nice, nice sunny day today. Yeah. But yeah, like if you're going for an easy run, 
most off days, recovery days, I think definitely conversation. Yeah, like warm-ups and sometimes even at the beginning of a workout when you haven't really <laughs> got your heart rate up yet. You just yeah. Like, yeah, haven't gotten really tired yet. <laughs> so when you're competing then against other schools and other folks, does that conversation element kind of dissipate or does that still go on when, y when you're actually competing? Um, I'd say during a race, it's um, like there's not really any conversation, although sometimes I'll throw a word here or there. I know when we were in Idaho, um, I had a girl run past me. She's like, good job, girls. Let's go catch, catch the next one, which I kind of just thought was weird. I'm like, why are you talking to me? <laughs> but yeah, like most of the time we don't talk during races. Yeah, I think for the guys as well, it's you're, you're working hard. There's a, a race plan. And a lot of the time you're in your own head because you just have to be like mentally pushing as well as physically pushing. Uh, the conversation I think that the men's team has been having the last two races this year at least was, we're going to finish in a line straight across? <laughs> like, we're going to do that this race? Yeah, okay. And then we'll go four wide and it confuses the finish line and they don't know what to do with the results <laughs> and yeah well, we wanted to ask like how do you decide who finishes one two three in that scenario we don't we literally just cross the line at the same time and i think well th there's obviously a difference because there's chips on our bibs that we race with right. and whenever we cross the mat that must be what they use to decide but we have the exact same time so anyone who actually looks at the results either thinks that we sprinted and happened to just finish directly beside each other all smiling <laughs> or uh yeah or we maybe maybe planned it can i make a request okay can you guys just like join hands and just raise your arms in celebration that was part of that was part of the conversation yeah. yeah we said are we gonna hold hands yeah and then Russ, russell Pennock decided we should throw up w's for oh, yeah good too casual flex yeah no big deal while we're on that topic of team racing and also on the communication aspect of things, what does it look like for, again, we're going back to the whole talking while you're racing, what does the communication look like amongst teammates? Um, I mean, obviously you guys are working hard, you're breathing hard, but at the same time, you're also like, hey, like maybe there's like someone coming up behind you or whatever. Um, what does the communication look like? Um, I think a lot of times it can just be throwing out a word, like a, an encouraging word to your teammate. Like if they're passing you or you're passing someone, just be like, all right, let's go. Keep going. Um, like we can't really muster more than that. It's like oh, breathing yeah. pretty hard. Yeah. So sometimes just that extra word knows that you're thinking about your teammate and it helps a lot. I think even like non nonverbal, you're beside the person, just however you're sort of like your body language is representing where you are because you spend so much time within a six foot radius of these people, you can really read their physical movements well because yeah, you run together sometimes every single day, you're working hard three times a week. So you know, oh, like shoulders are going up. So maybe you, you okay, I'll take the lead here. Mm. I'll help them, let them sort of sit and recuperate. With that being said, in Idaho, with the four of us at the front, Stefan Daniels caught up and he's like, he said, uh, I can't exactly remember what he said, but something about the guy in fifth is dying. Let's let's break him now. So we kind of <laughs> we kind of put in a move. Yeah, he's not going to hear this. Yeah. Savage. 
Yeah, I, I guess like, you know, building off of that and just kind of thinking about the internal communication, the internal battle that you guys go through when you're racing. And so one, one quote, because um, when I was going through podcasts and stuff, uh, 31 Thoughts, they interviewed Ryan O'Reilly, an NHL player, and running is a huge part of his training regimen, more than probably most NHL players. And he said that he loves running specifically because it is such an intimate and personal battle with yourself, and you, it's, you have to rely on yourself more than anything else. You know, in a team sport, you can get others to pick you up, but when you're really going through a long run, it's, it's on you to you know, stay focused, stay up and everything. So I guess would you agree with that statement? And in second, what is your main thought process when you're going? Like, what do you think about to stay, to stay on? Um, I don't know, like in a race, I always like knowing that my teammates are around me and even sometimes that is enough to just like motivate you to keep going. Yeah, it can get long, but a lot of times I don't realize how like the time passes by really quickly when you're just focused and watching the next person in front of you. If someone's passing you, you're thinking about it the whole time, wondering if you can actually keep up with them. It's just like there's a lot to think about and you don't realize it, but the, the time passes and yeah and I said before you obviously have conversations when you're on team runs and stuff like that right. but sometimes you do run alone and there's a really big importance on solo training because mental the mental side of running I think is so big because you have to, you're the only one who can push yourself yeah. and it's not it's not like someone else can score or anything like you're the one who has to get to the finish line faster sure. than everyone else out there so i think by practicing that by going for runs where you're only in your own head and maybe it's been a long week and there's just i don't know you have exams life stress whatever it is and then you still have to go out and run and say nope i'm doing this and we're getting through it and then it's it's back to the team side as well because you you know that there's like 25 other guys who went for a run and who are all pushing for the same goal so you're battling an internal struggle to build resilience that way but then you're supported by this system that is in place megan you're from calgary yeah. originally and so through and through so you know, you and and Matthew, you're from Ontario, London, Ontario. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> but my question to you, Megan, is how much of a factor does weather play in your preparation and how you train? And Matthew, you've you know been here for how many years now? Three, four, four years. Three, four. Okay. And so maybe you're used to it now, but uh, you know, was was it a learning curve for you as well? But we'll start with you, Megan. Um, I'd have to say, like, weather in Calgary can always be, like, a wild card. You can <laughs> yeah, it's so really unpredictable. That's what I find. Yeah, so, um, I guess on the poor weather days, it can be sometimes hard to mo to motivate yourself to actually run. But, I mean, if you're bundled up properly, it's just like any other run. And, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, I, like, I try to go get out to the gym on most days, mm -hmm. but it's like, oh, it's snowing. Can't go. Can't go to the gym. It's snowing outside. It's <laughs> not possible. <laughs> um, I guess, like, if if you want to get better and you know that 
going for this run is going to help you get there, then that's a huge motivator to actually get out there and, and do the run even when there's a blizzard. <laughs> One going back to Matthew's point of, you know, there's 25 other people that are going mm -hmm. on that run, right? So yeah, you don't exactly. Miss yeah, you don't want to be the one person that was like too weak to go run yeah, outside. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So, how yeah. are you finding the weather out here, Matthew? Yeah, uh, <laughs> Calgary actually has mild winters compared to southwestern Ontario because London is right where the Great Lakes dump everything. Mm. So, uh, snow, it hasn't snowed as much here as it has throughout most of my life. But that being said, it gets to be minus 30 and that still sucks no matter where you <laughs> are. Uh, but I think the, the, the big factor that Calgary has is the fact that we're at 1100 meters above sea level and oxygen's pretty important for endurance running. And there's a little bit less of it here than there is in most places across Canada. So yeah, the altitude is something that a lot of people take for granted. I think it plays a factor into the weather and then, uh, yeah, but weather's okay. Like like Megan said, you just you know you have to do it, so it's never that hard to do it because you say, oh, it's crappy outside. Doesn't matter because I have to do this. But the uh, the altitude was my next topic that I wanted oh. to touch <laughs> on. But you you talked about it briefly there. But how was that transition for you when you first came? You're like, oh man, I'm short of breath here. Yeah. Um, was that a big factor? It was. It's not it's not huge because okay. it's not like we're on the top of Everest or anything like sure. that. But yeah. uh, it's it was definitely a factor because I, climbing stairs had never been so hard in my life. Like <laughs> ten ten steps up, and I was winded at the top and he bent over, hands on knee. No, it wasn't maybe that bad. <laughs> no, but no, no. Heart rate was definitely elevated. I didn't want to really have a conversation as I was climbing stairs. But you you get used to it. I think it they say it takes like three weeks before your body starts producing more red blood cells or hemoglobin. I don't exactly know the science, but yeah, it takes a little bit of time and then you start to adapt to it, but you also get a benefit from it. And I think a lot of the, the team here does benefit from that because when we go down to races at sea level, there is more oxygen. So you go, we go race in Victoria, they're probably below sea level where we race, like it's, or it's directly at it. Right. And something that used to be a lot harder you can do for the same effort and be faster so say you run a kilometer in three minutes and 10 seconds in calgary all out in victoria at sea level or in idaho it's sub three. Oh, easy easy yeah easy, yeah. I mean, yeah you actually gain a lot of time just from going down to sea level and like the thing is you don't really notice it but the times show it hmm. so interesting it's good and megan sticking with you being the team captain now for the women's side of cross country. Mm -hmm. um, I just wanted to touch on what your responsibilities are as the leader of the team specifically. And I know Doug has mentioned that you are a natural leader and that you've progressed significantly in your time here. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to get your sense on what your biggest responsibility is as a captain. So um, as Doug told me when he told me I would be captain, he said the main thing is because as a track athletes our sport is so individual and like in the larger track and field side of things we have a lot of different training groups so it's really hard to make sure that we all feel like a team so it's the biggest thing is we have to make sure that everyone feels like a team and that you're working towards a larger goal and it's not just a solo sport so 
that's the biggest thing. We organize team events, bonding, stuff like that. As we look forward to the Canada West Championships happening at Canmore Park coming up. In Calgary. In Calgary. Not in Canmore. Not in Canmore. That's (laughs) right. What does the preparation look like for you guys? And obviously, there's a, a team component to it as well, right? Is there, do you guys like walk the track or do you, how do you scout and like, do you, do you watch video of like opponents or like, what does that look like? I'm just speaking from traditional sports standpoints, but what does preparation look like for you guys? Um, I know for me, I like to look at team results just to see like what kind of players they're throwing out there in the, in the field and like competitive wise where, where we could stand. Um, It's really hard to tell, though, because every course is so different in cross country. So you kind of just have to look at, okay, who's their front runner and like kind of go that way. Um, We do have an advantage. The home course we run on there three days a week. (laughs) So, yeah, so you're pretty familiar with that. one. Yeah, we train like that's where we do all of our interval work. So all the hard work goes in on those hills. So it should be at least familiar on Can West, so there's that aspect. We probably made the hills less steep because we run them so much, we pounded them down for everyone else. Yeah, so. there's actually a grass path <laughs> up the hill that only we go up. Oh. How about for the men's team, Matthew? The men's team is the defending U Sport champion. I think they're confident. They are working out well. There's a big group of guys that are constantly pushing each other. Uh, The few competitors that we have raced, we've succeeded. And I think without being cocky, there's a strong level of confidence that the team has as to how the coming weekend will go. And uh, that will play into how three weeks from now goes. And as far as knowing the course, yeah, we, we work out there, we run there all the time. You pretty much know where every route in the park is. You know the best line to take, so you're not running more steps than you need to. And familiarity, I think, is a huge strength in running because you know exactly how your body's going to feel when you get to a specific point on the course. So you say, okay, I've run this. If we're doing 10 by 1,100 meter intervals which is something that the men's team does and we're in the race you say you know what i've done nine other intervals after this same hill like many many times in practice so working out on the course that we're racing on is huge and yeah it adds i think to the to the strength of the the team while we're on this thought about the men's team i just wanted to get your thoughts on how integrating with this star-studded team has gone because to me it has sorry to throw an NBA reference out there it feels like you know you're Kevin Durant and you're just joining the Warriors <laughs> and uh, because at the ACAC level you just won everything there was that was offered and you were um, you know male athlete of the year all that stuff so yeah you just conquered that and came here and now you just made this team a lot better but how has that integration gone for you well the guys are great uh, yeah, there's there's not a single person on the team who hasn't been extremely welcoming. I was lucky enough, and Doug let me practice with the team in previous years, uh, okay. just because I said, like, it's it's a good group to work out with. 
can I come practice with you guys? And uh, I think we we benefit each other. Um, whatever whatever weaknesses I have, which there are many, say Russell's strong in that area, or Stefan's strong, or Alex is strong, or Eric is strong, or Max is. Oh, there's too many guys to name. There's <laughs> a lot. Yeah, <laughs> there. Wherever one person is weak, there's someone who can easily go to the front and just like steer the group through that section. And sure, it's. It's a it's an interesting sport for building team dynamic because you're working as hard as you possibly can and then you look beside you and you're like, "Oh, so is that dude. Let's keep doing this." And then once you're done, you've poured your like heart and soul into it and the first face you see is the person who's right beside you. So I feel like it yeah, you you bond greater over struggle than you do through good times when there's never anything hard and I think we we struggle three times a week to make ourselves better, and it's always the same faces that you see when you're done that. So as far as integration, very well. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing team atmosphere. Like Megan said, that was one of the things Doug said to me in one of our meetings. He just said, the team culture is something that's very important because he said, I found the, the people, the individuals work harder when there's more at stake than just themselves. Oh, yeah. And that's, I think, why this this team is what it is. Right. Um, so I wanted to ask one question because at the start of the podcast and before we did start, Jeremy and I were pretty upfront about not being runners, that we <laughs> are both pretty terrible at it. It's exhausting for us. It's a huge mental battle, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Uh, so with that in mind, um, I'm kind of curious on both of your perspectives on what is the worst part of running for you guys? Because obviously you're competing, you're very successful in the sport, but there has to be an aspect of it that you're like, oh man, this is just killing me today. So yeah, t take your pick. <laughs> I think the worst part about running is probably the well, it's also the best part, but it's the running. <laughs> like that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a it's a bad answer, but I relate. I relate. Yeah, it as much as there, there's there's a quote, and it says you never running never gets easier. You just get faster. So that's that's all that happens. You try the exact same amount. Your mm -hmm. body just adapts, and you build more muscle, and your lungs get a little bit stronger. Your heart gets a little bit stronger, but it never gets easier. So just like you struggle to run tie down the block laces, yeah yes. tie your shoelace yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, was, I didn't know walk how far to stretch that stairs, yeah, yeah <laughs> <the> stairs <laughs> so so do we except maybe it's scaled four times or 30 times yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i guess like what matt said like the the best part is also the worst part like the pain you go through while you're running like the reward you feel afterwards is the best part of anything so you struggle so hard, and then at the end, you feel great. So, <laughs> What's the most injured you've been during a race? Injured? Yeah. Like, what are the most hurt? Um, I don't know. I guess a lot of times in races, I just really struggle with breathing. So there's a lot of photos of me out there where I'm, like, <laughs> sucking wind. <laughs> it's really bad, but somehow they always catch it on camera. <laughs> <laughs> I want to – can I clarify that question? Do you mean sure. injured as in – an acute injury like oh my knee is bummed yeah. or do you just mean hurt as in you're like in the hurt box <laughs> what's what's your pain threshold maybe is what the question is i think i have a very specific pain threshold and it's for like 
the middle section of my mm-hmm. body. That area can take a lot of pain, but everywhere else is not great just because that's the area that I practice the pain in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm sure my hands are not very strong. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, fan mail? Fan mail? Fan mail time? I think so. Mailbag. <laughs> what you got? Uh, yeah, so I will start. Um, oh, where were we here? So this one's for you, Megan. Um, okay. Last year on Fall Media Day, you uh, answered the question of something that people don't know about you as that you are extremely organized near to the point of uh, OCD. Mm-hmm. Um, is, does that remain true? And can you just shed a little insight on that? Um, yeah, so I guess that does hold, I guess, some merit. Like, I do <laughs> I do like things to be a very specific way. Um, a lot of times, even, I don't know, in related to running, if I don't manage to follow the training schedule to a T, it kind of makes me a little stressed. <laughs> it ruins her day. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Wasted day. It's yeah. It's oh really yeah. hard for me to stray away from the plan because of like, say, I'm not recovering properly. Like this week, I only did 8k today because, like, normally it's our long run day, but I haven't really recovered this week. So Doug told me to take it easy, and sometimes that's hard for me to actually follow. Right. What about in runs? Do you always have to run a whole number? Oh. Yes. Oh, I always have to let my watch run to a multiple of five. <laughs> Multiple. Oh, so oh, like interesting. Like the, the time, K? like oh, uh, the time. Okay, so like 35, 40, like whatever. Right. I, If it's a little bit below, I'll just turn around and keep going until it hits that number. <laughs> or I'll just let my watch run even if I'm not running. How's so you take a slower time. Yeah. Okay. It's not slower. It's, it's longer. I mean, oh, it's, sorry, it's longer. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. You so take a longer time, but just to get a round number. Yeah. Or a multiple of five. That's right. not in a race as well. I don't think you would yeah. at the finish no, line. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't do that in a race, okay. but yeah. Okay. yeah. Just, just, just for off-day yeah. runs. <laughs> How did that habit develop out of curiosity? Because that's um, very specific. I don't know. Um, she did it once and she hated it. Yeah. <laughs> My plan says 30 to 40 minutes. I'm, I don't know. I just I feel like it has to be a multiple of five. Yeah, if it was 37. Yeah. No. Translates in other things too, but yeah. So like five eggs? Like volume. Multiples of five. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matthew, this is from our good friend Brody Mark, who is... Shout out, Brody. Oh, f- yeah, who apparently doesn't respond to your text yeah. anymore. Thanks, That's Brody. Fine. Well, that's fine. Um, he wanted me to ask you about your mountain running exploits. So you... <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, is that what it actually means? Like you just, like you go up Mount Yamnuska and you just... <laughs> yeah. Full sprint up it? I mean... Well, feels like a full sprint. Okay. You're probably not actually relatively moving that quickly, but uh, have you have you hiked Yamneska? Yeah, back in the day. How long did it take you? I don't know. We were. It was one of those like full day trip kind of thing. And yeah, good time. Yeah, nice. Yeah, two summers ago, I guess. Friend and I went out and we ran it in just under an hour and ten minutes. So, for anyone who knows, yeah, that it's pretty quick. And you run down as well? That's the fun part. But that's also the hardest part on the knees, isn't it? Not if you do it properly. Oh, <laughs> yeah. there's a technique to it. I guess there's a technique and there's just, you have muscles in your legs. And as long as you're using your muscles and not just locking your joints. Mm. Yeah. Do you, the impact. Yeah, but you have to like, you know, be aware of 
you know, roots here and there, rocks, people, wildlife. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely fallen, if that's mm. what you're asking. Um, definitely tripped, and I go home, and my girlfriend says, like, you're never going out again, because I almost fall <laughs> off a mountain. But then, yeah, luckily, I think she has a short memory, so the next week, it's it's good to go. But mountain running, I think it plays into cross-country very close, because it's it's an endurance running sport, and that's exactly what cross-country is. So... The fact that there's people out there that are willing to just go and just hurt for one hour, two hours uh, while you're running straight uphill, yeah, I think that builds strengths that only benefit you in in the cross-country sport. But yeah, mountain running is something that you get an immediate reward halfway through a lot faster than if you were to go and hike that same trail. So it's just a fun way of moving quickly through the mountains. So I guess it doesn't really feel like work that much. Mm. Yeah, so we'll shift back to Megan for this one. Uh, can you tell us about the Track Shack? <laughs> um, well, okay, so the Track Shack is a, a house that we have, like, it's just off of campus there by the Moose McGuire's bar. The first Track Shack was there... Um, well before I started at university and it's just a bunch of people on the team that kind of became roommates and got a house together. Uh, now I live in a house with a few of my own roommates and it was actually just two doors down from that. Um, so we kind of dubbed ourselves the second track shack <laughs> <laughs> and then um, now, now we're the only one. So that's kind of what the track shack is. <laughs> gotcha. And is there a story you can tell us that's related to glitter? Um, so at our rookie party this year, we decided to, um, do a slip and slide out in, in a field and <laughs> just laid down a tarp and put a bunch of soap and stuff on it oh, yeah. and had people like run through it. Um, and then after a couple rounds, we added a bunch of glitter to it. <laughs> oh. uh, so <laughs> everyone got glitter everywhere. all over themselves. And Literally everywhere. <laughs> we, yeah. And then we ended up going to my house at like the track shack after for um some partying <laughs> and then uh, yeah so everyone just had glitter everywhere we still have glitter on the carpet <laughs> that was in september so with someone as organized as you are megan how do you handle glitter <laughs> i don't understand the organization comes in certain aspects of my life and okay. other other parts don't need it <laughs> like glitter like Perfect. yeah okay. like the state of the carpet doesn't <laughs> bother me <laughs> Matthew, uh, I just needed to ask you about, I'm sure you know this specific photo of you wearing denim oh and God. like you have like possibly the greasiest stash that could maybe land you in jail too. I don't know. If you could go to jail for a mustache, yeah, that <laughs> might have landed me in jail. Any regrettable uh, parts of that photo? I regret letting Brody take that photo. I think it was Brody who took it. Yeah, I don't regret the mustache because it's something that is a pretty key component of cross-country. Um, okay. Expand more on that, please. Yeah, I absolutely <laughs> will. Uh, <laughs> You're prepared for this question. <laughs> I wasn't, but I have a good... No, yeah, it's, uh, it's just something that, like Megan said, there's a lot of bad, bad photos of all of us, not just you, running. <laughs> there's a lot of bad... No, yeah. Uh, and I think the, the, the men's team were able to grow these glorious mustaches, so... It's been just this tradition that cross-country runners do. It's kind of been dubbed 
stashies for nashies, and I think there's always a rhyme, isn't there? Yeah, there, there's always <laughs> a rhyme. Ridiculous. Yeah, it and and I think the the outrageousness of that specific mustache was only because there was one other person on the team with me who also went like ridiculously above and beyond. And yeah, that that photo. There's a lot of photos, and I was sent some pictures that are now up at Sate. I think there's one on a table that will probably be there for a couple years. And it's just this like thick sideburn handlebar mustache with a line going down the middle. Yeah, and that one's hanging up uh, by Coho's Comet Fieldhouse. The, the yeah, there you field. go. People are going to say, why the heck is this uh. greasy, greasy photo on the wall? <laughs> and I'll say stashies for nashies, duh. <laughs> So yeah, I think this will just wrap it up for us here. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming in and chatting a little bit with us. I know we didn't get to cover uh, as much as we wanted to, but um, maybe next time. Maybe next time. Yeah, thanks thank guys, you guys for coming. Thanks. Thank you. This episode of Dinos Unfiltered is a presentation of Dinos Athletics. Episodes are available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and our website, godinos.com. Make sure to check out the website or the GoDinos app for schedules and tickets to all your favorite games. And if you can't make it out to the game, remember that our games are streamed on Canada West TV presented by Co-op. Thanks to my special guests today and hope you'll join us in the next episode. <laughs>